Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome yeah! to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How you doing? I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, this week brought to you by Creative Live. Uh, you need to go to Creative Live and check out all the cool stuff they have over there. If you learn, if you want to learn how to record music, uh, you can do so. You can, they got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by your favorite artists like Between the Bear and Me, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger, Escape Plan. Head over to creativelive.com slash audio if you want to learn more and watch some free previews. Gallus, are you, Chuck, have you learned stuff you, this week or what? Well, dude, I was just going to say, because we had you know, we got this great interview with Dave Windorf of Monster Magnet coming up in this episode, and he's talking about how just like his creativity exploded once he was able to do home recording, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you go to Creative Live, I got this class that, at least on my computer here in Dublin, Ireland, I don't know what it's like where you're at when you're looking at it, but 29 bucks, 29 bucks is almost three hours yeah it's like over three hours of instruction it might be more than that of introduction to home recording and i thought oh my god after you hear this interview and you hear how happy dave Winthrop is, <laughs> right i know you know to be recording at home i'm like jesus for all of our freaking musicians who are in our audience i know there's a metric ton of them you know, you're going to hear this and you're going to go, I want to do that. And Creative Live for 29 bucks will get you started. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. freaking great. It's pretty totally badass, man. Great. Hey, uh, in this episode, we got a ton of stuff. Dave Windorf, of course, like you mentioned, he's coming up. Uh, we're also going to talk about, uh, we got to talk about Lemmy, man. We got to, we got to talk. I was there. I was there at the Austin show that, uh, that they got cut very, very short. So we got to talk. That show may go down in history. <sighs> I don't know. It may or may not. Well, yeah, we want to talk about that because it was it was um it was an interesting experience to say the least. I don't want to give away too much, you know. I, I don't want to put it together, and it also kind of makes me want to cry. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, make sure you're subscribed to the show on iTunes and all that good stuff. Um, you can find us there. Just search Metal Six Podcast. Leave us a couple of stars. Tell us that we suck. You can also find us on social media. Uh, I am at Bearded Ape on Twitter. I- I am at Godless Speaks and GodlessSpeaks.com. So make sure you check us out. Subscribe to this damn show, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. You know, yeah, feel free to. And you to. gotta, you really want to be subscribed because coming up this Friday, big announcement for the Metal Sucks podcast with Chuck and Godless, right? Big announcement this Friday. We're trying something super sweet, super awesome. I, I'm so excited about this. Uh, and I can't wait to, you know, to, for this, to see how this turns out. We're going to do a Slayer Repentance online listening party right so it's a lot like a um like a director's commentary on a dvd uh you know you watch the movie and then you hear people talking about what went down at the third lion's roar hit play yeah and what what this means and all this stuff yeah so i thought wouldn't that be cool to do with the new slayer album but why listen to you and me right you want to listen to people who actually know what they're talking about so we got this awesome cast of people who are going to be joining us first of all 
Uh, I mean, we got uh, we got DX Ferris, who's uh, uh, written a, a great book on Slayer. Joel McIver written a great book on Slayer. Um, uh, uh, we got Ian from Sirius, you know, who's going to do the mm-hmm. he's the the metal history dude behind. Um, uh, oh, what's the the bazillion points, you mm-hmm. know, and and all that stuff. We've got uh, Jesus John Toll, uh, comedian who's going to be joining us. A huge Slayer fan, Emperor Rhombus, and then we got one or two more people that I'm yet to confirm. Uh, it, it's to me, this is just a freaking awesome cast of people, and uh, you know, it's not going to be everybody at once. It's going to be everybody takes a song or two, and you know, we just talk Slayer. It's going to be a lot about of fun. This album. It, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how this thing turns out, honestly, because. Uh, I have yet to edit everything, so it'll be, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be a nightmare next week trying to get everything cranked together, but I can't wait to hear what it sounds like because, you know, what we're talking about, it won't have the music in it. Uh, you know, right. is the idea was it's your compendium. It's your addition. You can listen to the new Slayer record and, and add this to it. And it should be, um, should be entertaining to say the least. I mean, and yeah, I, and, and none of us, none of us have heard the new record yet. So, we're all sort of like going to be listening to it as it goes. So it's going to be really interesting to see what everybody's opinion is as well, it's kind of unfolding. Who, so, you know, who has heard the album and is going to be joining us is Albert Mudrian from oh, yeah, uh, yeah. a decibel. decibel. And I've been, I've been reading his, uh, it's funny. You talking about like uh, being at uh, the Lemmy show the other night is uh, I'm re I've been reading his uh, history of death metal, uh, the choosing I, I death. Yeah, Choosing Death. Oh, my God. Such a great book. I mean, everybody's got to check it out. Uh, I'd read chapters of it in the past just based on people that we were going to interview and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like going through the whole thing. And, you're and getting the timeline it, and getting, those, like, getting yeah. all that stuff. That Yeah, yeah. It's an awesome book, but also it's like, man, I, I, it's like I read it and I'm like, I was at that show, you know? They talk about that one show, you know, Repulsion with Zombified Preachers of Gore in Flint, Michigan, 1990, you know? I'm like, oh shit, I was oh, that, there, that's you know? Cool. It's, that's it's, pretty badass. It, yeah, so it's kind of neat to, you know, you when you read a book and it, it's like, it's a history. You're and reliving really, parts of your life. You're like, oh shit, yeah. dude, this is your life in metal. Oh little, no. It, little did me and everybody standing around realize that we were a part of history but at least i was sober (laughs) (laughs) no well no that's the thing is that those guys don't don't even know they're not even now they're like what yeah even now you can't get them to read a book right for choosing death the movie (laughs) (laughs) it's coming soon i'm sure uh dude all right let's get into our interview with uh with uh monster magnets dave windorf dude he has been around for a long long time and done some really creative stuff with uh with the, the his last couple of albums and uh, that's what uh, that's kind of what we're talking about in this episode. But, dude, we uh, we, we go all over the place. And let's just say we talk a little bit of industry, uh, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Dave Windorf wow. from Monster Magnet on the Metal Sucks podcast. Hey, Dave, how you doing? It's uh, Chuck and Godless from the uh, Metal Sucks podcast, man. What's up, Chuck? What's going on, dude? How you doing? <laughs> Very good. Yourself? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Great to talk to you, man. Uh, I, I I guess I saw you guys uh, a couple years ago when you did that uh, kind of stinted tour through uh, through the United States. And all just... right, the pneumonia tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I caught you like right... the consumption. I mean, do they have that disease? I mean, they had that disease around the 1900s called consumption. Yeah, right. It was like super. That's what I felt like I had. 
Oh, God. I, I've never been so sick in my life. I mean, I could trace it back to one fucking person if I could go back and wring her neck. Oh, no. Right? Oh, who? 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 Me. I mean, I was completely destroyed. Uh, who was it? Who? Some girl I know in Texas. <laughs> That's enough. Which actually uh, <laughs> makes sense because I saw you in Texas, so... <laughs> Oh well, then you saw you saw me right right before the big fall, man. I went down. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was saying. I was like, when I, when you canceled that tour, I was like, whoa, dude, what the hell happened? Because because uh, yeah, you you blew me away when you guys played Red Seven. It was crazy. I was feeling great, and then the next thing you know, I was sick. Like, but sick the way you're sick when you're a little kid. You oh. know that way when you're sick when you're a kid and you feel like you're tripping. It's so bad. I was I was I haven't been that sick, and and there was nothing I could do. I just had to go home. That fever and just like can't can't even stand kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold, yeah. Holding the, the 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 you know the measure. You know what do they, what do they call that? That thing that te- checks your temperature. Holding it up to thermometer. the light bulb. The thermometer. Yeah, the thermometer. Yeah, holding it up to the light bulbs. So that way it heats <laughs> up, so you can stay home from school. <laughs> that was, Yeesh, yeah, really. <laughs> so, man, uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm doing press for this Cobras and Fire thing and just kind of chilling in New Jersey, riding my bike around and trying to get nice and bored so I can write the next record. We were talking before he uh, called you and we were talking about the the whole idea of what you've done with uh, with these last, basically with the Milking the Stars and then the Cobras and Fire where you've taken uh, the Mastermind and Last Patrol and kind of done a reimagining of these things. It's something that's pretty unique because I thought I was like, when I first saw the thing with Milking the Stars, I was like, oh great, it's just like a bunch of remixes. And then when I listened to it, it's it's com- it's completely different. You like really took just kind of elements of these things and and done a whole deal. That's that. Yeah, I mean, I I, tr- I try to do it. I mean, believe me, I wouldn't. I would never ask anybody. But hey, look, I got a remix album. It's really cool. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> I, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So it's it's an alternative li- listening experience, dude. <laughs> and it really is. Um, I, I for some reason got the bug to do it. I was like, oh, I got organs, I got all these instruments, it's really cool. I'm doing, um, uh, producing the music out of my hometown now, which is, used to, I used to go all around the world to go to different studios, but now you could do crazy stuff like, hey, I got an idea, let's do it. And that's why these things came out right in a row, just because it was too much fun to do. And I mean, was it just easy to do? I mean, did you have all, you, I guess you had all those like digital tracks laying around so you could take some of those ideas and then just sort of reform yeah, it? Yeah, like I had drum tracks. I mean, usually the longest, one, some of the longest things, the most difficult things to do on a record is to set up drums. Yeah. Mic them, make sure that they're right. I'm like totally anal about it. And if you could just get rid of that thing and just work with drums that are already there and already sound good, it's, it's easier. But that being said, man, when I went to... Milk in the Stars was easy, but Cobras of Fire was not. Because when I opened up the hard drives on that, I found like all these digital illegalities, like that I didn't know were there, like samples and stuff that the old my old co-producer put in there. And I was like, this is totally illegal, <laughs> you know? Oh, it's no. like this digital crap. It's like, I took it all off, and um, we wound up re-recording some drums and just doing a lot more work than I thought I would. So was it like a bunch of like software samples that he used and just never got permission for? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I've got nothing against samples, but when you get a lot of samples together, it makes there's a certain ziz that comes onto recordings when you have too many samples, and it's a kind of a digi ziz. And I don't know if you guys could probably notice. You love music. Some people can't, but I was just like, I I can't live with it. I couldn't track to it. All this stuff was put on after I recorded it too. Sometime during the mixing stage oh. of uh, Mastermind. 
Uh, it's my fault. I mean, my bad. I, I missed it. But now, because I'm the leader of the band, I could go back in and do it again. <laughs> and I did. Oh, but that had to be, that, I mean, that had to piss you off, dude. I mean, to, to think somebody would come in and touch that and do, do something like well, that. Well, yeah. You. I mean, it ended my relationship with that guy. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. I was just like, traitor. You know, I talked, <laughs> this isn't what we talked about. You know, but I mean, it's a weird deal. The, the, the modern age of music is uh, very different than the old one. I mean, you can. There's a bunch of ways you can get to the to the prime objective to make a record. True. And uh, there's a lot of computerized ways. There's a lot of not computerized ways. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them are just totally like out of the question. And uh, it, that's what I was the kind of stuff I was fixing there. Well, you've always struck me as somebody who is a more traditional kind of guy when it came to that kind of stuff i mean well i mean i like the sounds of traditional stuff but how i get them it doesn't matter i mean i I, you know i pull them out of a cow's ass if i could i don't care where (laughs) i get them as long as it doesn't scream on the record "Ah," you know sample you know yeah when it starts going when you start going when every time you hit a snare drum you go sample 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 i mean you know that something's wrong but some people like that sound i mean a lot of modern metal they love those snappy those those hard snare samples you know well and a lot of that stuff yeah a lot of the stuff you have to do it because they're some of them are playing so fast that that there's almost no other way you can do it right and just cut through and it's part of the um it's part of the architecture of the on full full on metal onslaught (laughs) (laughs) and you guys have been able to do that in a little little slower way and more more rock and roll sort of style yeah i mean we're not like by any stretch of the imagination we're definitely not a metal band you know i mean the closest i could say is that we were what would they would call proto metal Mm -hmm. which was you know the stuff before iron maiden (laughs) you know black sabbath you know rock yeah hard rock space rock and all that stuff so I'm operating from uh, kind of a different, you know, a different standpoint. I mean, I still like to get heavy and stuff, but it's and nothing like this machine gun and, uh, you know, the blasts, you know, yeah, snare no, blasts. And blast stuff. beats. But I, blast there beats. Was a whole, there was a whole bunch of us metalheads who were, like, working in record stores, you know, on your first few albums, and were cranking your album in the store all day long because it was like... You know, <laughs> oh, awesome. the, it was the heaviest stuff that, you know, when you, play, you know, it's sort of like high fidelity. You knew if you played dopes to infinity in the store, you would sell three or four copies to people inside the store at that time. It was just a guarantee. Uh, that's, that's, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was true. You were like dry the rain or whatever that song was from high fidelity. It was just, you know, you could throw on you guys and maybe like two other albums. You're going to sell, you know, it was perfect. That's awesome. So, I mean, you guys have, have gone through the, you know, you've seen the ups and the downs of this industry over the last, what, 25 years now, something like that? Yeah, it's gone crazy. And, yeah. I mean, that that kind of perspective, I mean, wh- where do you sit now? Where 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 is this? Because, I mean, you've been signed, you've had a radio just banging single, and then kind of come all the way back down to it. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 well, both and now, you know, where I sit is, is firmly and enjoyably in the fourth dimension, which is, I'm, a, I'm, I'm like, really, just out, kind of out there in Monster Magnet Land, living in my own fucking delusions. Um, I don't know any other way to work it now. Uh, the, the world is, the digital world is wide open. Uh, there's hardly any focus on music 
it's like one focus. It's like everyone's turning their heads. Everybody's got, you know, like you guys have a podcast. There's a million podcasts. There's a million blogs. There's a million. It's all over the place. There's not a straight focus uh, in the world of music. It's all off on genre. You know, yeah. you go for your genre and that's it. I don't know how to deal with that except for I, you know, I, uh, I do my press. Whoever wants to do it. And then I just kind of set these records up not to go to any particular uh, radio genre. or You know, you can't set up rock records to take over the world. You know, the world doesn't want it. You know, the world's busy, like, turning their head one way or the other. Um, so I just kind of live in the fourth dimension. I was talking to a, a friend of mine manages some artists. We went to dinner last night, and he was talking about how it used to be that he could go to, you know, BBC Radio 2, and he would pitch them on the single, and they would either like it or they didn't, and he knew he would have success in that conversation. And he yeah. was like, now it's like, now i got to, like, generate a million Spotify listens or whatever it is before yeah. even BBC Radio 2 will, will check it out. So. But in the way, it's it's sort of switched in a good way, but it makes it a lot harder at the same time. You know, it's switch. I guess it's switched in a good way, meaning that everyone's got a fair shot at the world. Right. Yeah. Um, but as idyllic as that sounds, the world still operates, even though it's all digital and everything's out there, the world still operates by numbers. So, you know, yeah, people want numbers. They want, you know, it's like how many numbers, and they're, they're so concerned about numbers, I, I don't think they even care if the numbers are real or not. You know, so when everybody drives on, like, I got this many likes, <laughs> um, I got this many, and it's like, it's like, well, define like. Yeah. You know, define like. Quantify Does it. that mean you sold this many records? No. Well, if you don't know how many records you sold, and you can't guarantee that all these people who clicked like are going to go to your show, what good is the data? But the data is there to brag to other people to get you put on BBC. Mm-hmm. Now, so BBC is not, they're not using their, their old way, which is by intuition, going, yeah, I believe in this record. They're not even listening to the record. They're looking it's at the data, me. and then they play according to the data. Yeah. On the, on, they play it on their thing. So they're no, nobody's, they don't go by their intuition as much as all by numbers. But the numbers can easily be faked. Easily. I mean, yeah. never. Look, talk is cheap, right? And in 2015, it's never been cheaper. Never in the history <laughs> of mankind has there ever been such an amount of bullshit. Speaking so of that, I, welcome to the Metal Sucks podcast. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's really, it's quite amazing. But, you know, the one thing's for two, people love those fucking numbers. Yeah. They don't care where they come from. But isn't it interesting how, like, it, you know, you got all these people who are uber, uber music fans. They, they want to work in the industry. They get the job at the major label or the huge radio station or whatever it right. is. And their dream is to be the one who discovers that band. It's the one who is, you know, I'm sure there's probably that one girl, that one uh, uh, guy I that know. you can point to that was like, that's the person that helped make Monster Magnet, you know, MTV all day long. Totally, but, those people existed but, in my in my in my experience. What? Yeah. So what happened to nowadays? You got people who that was their dream and they won't do it now. Uh, they can't do it. You know. I mean, everything's you know in in the last twenty years, so many things have happened. I mean, independent radio stations. There's no hardly any independents. They were bought up by Clear Channel. 
a monopoly, you know, basically a monopoly. Uh, cross-country playlists, the end of the DJ. You know, you're a DJ, but you're really not a DJ. You don't pick the records. You take it from a program director. Yeah. And, and now there's not even local pro, there's program directors. They call them program directors, but they're really taking their program direction from a, from a higher source a single source for whether it be clear channel or what else. And that's given by data. That is driven by data alone. There's, I mean, nobody picks it because, man, you know, I, I got a good feeling about this record, which is the way people used to do it. And sometimes it didn't work. Sometimes it did. But there was always an X factor involved. That means things would go squirrely out of control one way or another. Things would catch on that you'd never expect to catch on. Because some bigwig had a, had a, had something up his ass about a record. Interesting. Now what I get is like pretty much it's not very interesting. I mean that world, programmed world, radio, all that kind of stuff. It's just there's no surprises because those guys are sticking to the numbers so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what happened the last twenty years. Like not not a lot of independent people. They've all moved to podcasts and whatever blogging. That's where the independents are. But they don't have the clout that the old guys did. Well, so I think they're that's, out there preaching, yeah. sometimes preaching to no one because everything that comes out, every record that comes out, I every do, bit of art podcasts, movie gets lost in a snowstorm of other there stuff. There are podcasts like ours that are absolute <laughs> tastemakers for the industry. You know, they're, they're, they're <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's like that's the best shot. That's probably the best shot without a million dollars, without well, like several, what are, you, what are you talking about? Without $25 million to jam stuff, jam up every fucking phone and jam up every header board on every news thing to get your message across. I mean, nobody markets music anymore. The only thing they market is mainstream. Nobody markets rock. I mean, look, yeah. the major labels, they market rock. That's a joke. They don't market it. That's not market at all. And plus, the major labels are taking a cut from the bands, yeah. from their merch. Yeah, they got 360 deals. Unheard of. I yeah. mean, that's absolutely that's the most illegal thing I've ever, like, oh, you got to be, you're telling me that you can't, you're hurting so bad that you have to take the merch money from the band? So they're not worth it. And it shows you that they've given up, and they're leaving it to the Wild West of the Internet, which is fine. I wouldn't well, expect to be the, able to have a big sensation were, out of the internet because everything gets lost in the snowstorm of content. Yeah, but they were the majors were way behind on the whole Napster thing. Everybody had already been pissed <laughs> off. They bought the same album it. four times. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah so totally, totally blew it. There's no I've reason the world seen, would I think mean, that they're going the to. The biggest mistake now. a major business has ever I've ever seen done. It's like old time radio bad, you know. Like, oh, and it'll yeah. be fine. You know, it's like, you, what do you mean it'll be fine? I think what we should do, because of these damn pirates, we'll raise the cost, we'll raise the price of CDs to $17. Remember that? <laughs> yep, I sure do. That was their answer. And it was like, bye. Yeah, we'll make that, more money that way. That's I get off the label. Yeah, yeah we'll make yeah. more money that way if we add money to it, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, what a nightmare. Well, it's like, okay. Bye. Well, Power Trip was like right at the very last gasp of people buying CDs right yes. there. I mean, I, it mean, was I like, just made it one foot in the old yeah. world, you know. Um, it was a really interesting time that time because, you know, I'd been a rock band for a while, so I knew what was going on. And, and me and the other bands around, we looked, we all see this digi thing coming. We could see it coming. 
And we were still, I mean, young enough to believe that and naive enough to, to believe that, you know, somehow we're going to take this digi thing and we're going to, you know, like, turn it around and it'll, we'll own it, you know, as if somehow the, 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 the digi world was going to slow down for enough focus for music. We, no, we thought there'd be focus, but actually there's less focus now. But we thought that the record companies were going to figure out a way to charge less for CDs and hold on to it. Therefore, like, go into the brave new world share it and not bust people for sharing music, but basically you know, find some way to sell the music for cheaper, whether that take cuts from the band or whatever. We never, I, none of us ever imagined those guys would completely drop the ball and say, no, we don't believe this is happening. So we're just going to, we're going to bully our way out of it. And it totally failed. Yeah. yeah and they the, lost it. The sky isn't falling, you know, and, and when in fact it was. <laughs> yeah. So what's the what's the measure now? I mean, for for you, when you look at it, is it is it about how many people are there at the live show that are watching you play live? Is it yeah. about? Uh, yeah, it's it's just like um, unfortunately, it's like it's kind of changed uh, the the way now that music is kind of everywhere, and you can get it for free and you can get it for cheap. The way it's turned over to things like you know like Spotify and stuff like that, it doesn't really pay the bands that well. You know, it's a, the, the, the good old days are gone forever. So music is worth less than it ever was. So that means that today the music, the, the money is in touring. That's not nearly as much money as touring is, as what people would think it is. There's less money in that, too. Yeah. It's jammed up. In the old days, you toured, a band toured to promote the record. And the record was the thing that was going to make them the money. Yeah. If it sold. So you, you made the best record you could, and then you toured it and said, please buy this record. Now it's completely opposite. Now the money's in touring, but there's still some old things hanging on where promoters will go, well, do you have a new record to promote? And it's like, dude, don't you get it? We make a new record to promote a tour. It's completely changed around. It's still people hold on to some old semblance of the past. Like, why are you guys doing this? Like, why? Why are you even doing this? Well, yes, the records don't really sell that much, and it's just really we just kind of throw them out into the air and hope people will what drop a dollar in the bucket, you know, <laughs> throw me a dime, you know, give me half a cigarette or beer, um, come to the show. Well, I can. It's completely changed around. So the only way to really figure out if you're doing well or not, I guess, is to count the money. And, yeah. and where do you get the money from? All over, T-shirts. Some bands make more money on T-shirts than they ever did on records. And some people make more money selling CDs than they do on T-shirts. I mean, we, we make more of our money selling actual music, CDs and stuff, vinyl. Our merch is good, but it's not nearly as good as, as say, like a band that's all merch. Uh, like Avenged Sevenfold and stuff like that. I mean, that, that's merch metal. That's stuff designed, like genius, geniusly designed for quick turnover, quick music, music that reminds you of something, and all, go, all like the money the goes into the show, and all the money goes for merch. It's a complete modern metal band. You know, a focus on the live show, not on the albums. That, that's the smartest way to do it now. Unfortunately, I, I, don't assume, know, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I assume that like film and TV, they're like they're they're not paying anywhere near as much as anybody thinks either, because no, anybody no. would love to get their song on the on television. Absolutely, I mean there is no shortage of content, of intellectual content in the world. That be words, pictures, images, art, 
music, all the stuff that used to be held at a, at a monetary premium, if it was liked by a lot of people, is now switched over. That stuff is garbage and easy, easily gotten. Easily gotten and easily reproduced or copied in your house or on your computer or whatever. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's bad news for, in the short term for artists. Because they, can, I don't think artists or bands, even young bands, they don't even know what they're doing. You know, they, I mean, they, they try. They think it's going to be cool like they think it's supposed to be cool. And they put out a record and they put it on Bandcamp and they make $40, <laughs> you know. And they make another record and it could be really, really good. But no one ever hears it because it's lost in the snowstorm of content. And there's nobody championing it. There's no like record company going, I'm going to put this on the front burner because we think that people should hear this band. Not only because it's going to make money, but because it's cool. There aren't any tastemakers, or tastemakers don't have quite the same pull that they did mm-hmm. uh, in the past. There's not like an organization, the unified front of journalists. It's kind of out there in blog land. Well, somebody may be a professional journalist, but the journalist, but the next blog may be just some asshole metalhead with a fucking hard on for bands. You know, uh, <laughs> you, you this fa- sucks. You, you know, found me out. And yeah. there are yeah, there are more people interested in hearing their own voice writing about music than there are people who really want to write about music. They like to hear themselves. You know, they've got a teenage mentality, which is listen to me. You know, it's still with this old kind of teenage thing. Mine thing's more metal than yours, and this is cooler than others. There's a small group of people that are good, but for the most part, there's a lot of amateurs out there, too. And, you know, amateurs do what amateurs do. They, they're interesting sometimes, and it's cool to see the process, but if they're in the way of a folk, of them in the way of focus, well, then what are you going to do? No wonder bands can't climb out. There's just so much babble going on. I would imagine that sometime in the future it'll somehow sort itself out. When the chips all fall, that's that's the crazy thing. It's like what's the, you know, where it, kind of, it feels like everybody's in survival mode at this point. You know, just trying. And they to, have been. They have been for a long time, but just nobody talked about it. I mean, it's going on for fifteen years. Yeah. You know? But no one talks about it because it's almost like if you mention it, it's like it's going to be worse. But it, it can't be worse than this. <laughs> don't look at it. Don't look at it. It'll yeah, go away. It, like, deny it. What? It does hey, seem you like know, cult, you look at like changes. yeah. You look at writers; they're going through the same problem that musicians are in some way. Because you got really good writers who can't get paid for what they do because there's a lot of schlock out there that somebody yeah. else will do for free. Yes, indeed. And when it all comes down to it, and this is like this is where I lose fans. It's really the people out there, the consumers of the world. They get exactly what they fucking deserve. If you want to fucking buy shit or look at, I'd rather look at a hundred pieces of shit than one good thing. That's what <laughs> that's what America is now. I would rather own and look at a hundred and fifty pieces of inferior product than actually have one and look at it all day. They want everything. They want quantity over quality, and convenience trumps everything. Is it easy? Can I get it? Is it mine? Well, yeah, it's easy, and you got it, and it's yours, but. You know, easy stuff is not always the best stuff. But, hey, ask half the people on the street, and they'll go, yeah, I don't care. It's good. I got it. (laughs) So, obviously, there's a difference in standards. And what's crazy is, though, is that at the same time, though, you have more people consuming art in one way or another than ever before. So, it's kind of this kind of 
weird catch 22 that you got a lot of people that are listening to music it just may be for i guess wrong reasons or different 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 reasons than they did in the past i think music and all this stuff because it's so convenient you don't have to run for it so you just kind of put it on your shelf with your other stuff yeah so i mean the numbers say that more people are listening to it the numbers say look the data says, blah, 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 all these people listen to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but do, are they sitting there going, this is fucking great, blah, 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 or this is horrible? Blah. No, they probably spent about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes with it. Darmic didn't even listen to the whole record. And then went ahead and listened to more new stuff because there's so much more stuff coming out. So I, I have a feeling, I could be wrong, but I have a feeling just the whole way it's music is perceived uh, is uh, just a little, a little bit, uh, a little bit less respect and a little less uh, uh, intenseness than it was in the past. Not that it ever was, you know, the biggest liter- literary coolest thing in the world, but there was a more of a uh, inspection, and the standards were higher. Yeah, I think in the older days because there was more time to actually inspect it. Now there's so much stuff; it's uh, that people feel like they're getting piled on, so they pay attention. They click it. You, you can see it. You know, they they went to a blog. They read about it or whatever. But it doesn't <laughs> seem to have the same uh, push. I was talking to somebody the other day about that uh, about how we used to go to the record store on Tuesdays. Like every Tuesday, we go for whatever whatever new releases there were. It didn't matter what it was. Right. But you go in and you had a place. Uh, you had a place. Who, who, our record store. The guy behind the counter would throw a CD in the in the changer for you, so you could listen to it and check it out. You know, whatever the new release is, and you'd sit there and go, "All right, boom!" And then you'd, you'd spend your money and you'd go home. But but you spent that fifteen bucks, and that was the fifteen bucks you had, and that's what you had to listen to for the next month because you just spent your wad on whatever it was and you'd, you'd love no matter how totally, shitty that record was. I totally relate. Yeah. I did the same thing. Yeah. So you mean you had to listen to stuff. You're like, you're going to make something out of it. Exactly. Um, the, the amount of releases that came out back in what the old days, whatever you're going to call it, um, are nothing compared to the releases now. I mean, there's so many records that come out now that... For the first time in my life, I was telling them, for the first time in my whole life, I'm actually afraid of missing something good. Right. And that never used to be a problem for me. Yeah. I mean, because good stuff always, you know, the, the good stuff kind of rises in a certain way and finds me. Um, especially if, you you know, my, my thing was that 90% of everything is always kind of shit, and there's only 10% that I'm going to like. Yep. Maybe I'm a snob or whatever, but you know, you know the way you, you kind of figure it out yourself. Like, yeah, well, even your I've taste. been around for a couple yeah. of years. I usually don't like everything, but there's always about ten percent of stuff I really like, and that was never a problem for me to find. But now, there is so much stuff coming out that I'm afraid I'm going to miss something cool. And, and like, even worse, the band that's so cool and so innovative and, and great is like going to go completely unnoticed. Why? Because it's just a because they it's a diamond sitting in a pile of garbage, and that's wrong. It's just completely wrong. So what do you do and, though? Well, who knows? You know, when you that, know, something you, you can't, take some you of those little pieces hey, look, of shit, and you know who knows what it turns into in the future. You know, uh, who knows? I mean, you know, the kids aren't all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, yeah. if, if people want, people are going to get what they want. If they want this, if they want another app, I want more apps. It really comes down to that the, 
you know, maybe too brainy for me, seemingly too brainy to talk about, but it seems to me that the culture has changed so much that people don't represent themselves or their ideals through music as much as they used to. What do you, you mean know, by that? It, 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 well, when I was a kid, music was treated, rock music was treated, and um, in the rock circles, probably not in the mainstream. It was very separated from the mainstream. You'd never hear, you know, uh, a, a rock song that sounded like a commercial. You know, you never hear Led Zeppelin in a Cadillac commercial. No, you wouldn't. And so it, it had its own fortification and kind of a literary respect. Respect like these are uh, these albums. A lot of them are really, really great pieces of work. They're not just one song; it's a bunch of songs, and they actually relay a bit of information or mirror a, uh, a feeling that people have that they can't quite express to their friends and family. So people would take the music to represent themselves a lot, you know? I mean, they'd walk around with their albums in their hands. They'd proudly go in and, like, put their CDs on, on the, you know, on the table, hoping that someone would notice them. I remember this, you know? This is my music. This is, this is you know, they're not saying it, but basically they're saying, this is me, you know? Especially kids. It, it, what's happened, I think, more is it's kind of gone back to pre those days and more like the 1950s where music is cool, it's something, it's an accoutrement. It's part of my life. I got my jams and stuff, but it's really not nearly as a big a deal. It's, it doesn't have that kind of respect that it used to do. I'm not even sure it deserved that respect back then. But I know one thing is that when you had that much focus, uh, hard focus on music, like it did in the old days, usually what I think a lot more interesting types of music came out. Like, and it's not just because I'm old, but I mean, if you look at the charts between like 1965 and 1985, it's a really interesting and forward-moving time. I mean, a lot of things changed. Yeah. And you look at the last 20 years, nothing has changed. Yeah. Nothing. Wow. It's completely really, flatlined. I mean, well, you, I you, mean, you do have some disco in there. I mean, <laughs> come on. But that's part of the whole thing. That's what I mean. It's like it, 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 it's ecosphere. Yeah, yeah. The ecosphere was like one thing battled the other. Yeah. In this kind of almost like a, an organic kind of way. Well, it wasn't really organic, but I mean, it had a slower pace, so it, it worked itself out. Right now, well, with the know, giant stream of, of everything, I can't tell if there's any plan to it or. I can't even see how any of this music that comes now could cause or help some sort of youth revolution or cultural revolution. You're kind of right. I like that idea, which is like you don't hear genres going after each other anymore. There's no push and pull. It's more like. Yeah, and now now it more more this is really I love this insight. This now it's more like fine, we're just going to play around here with our people, you know? Yeah, we've and got that's, uh, we've got uh, 10 million fucking gigs over here. We'll just play them, you know what I mean? We've yeah, got so, a million terabytes or whatever it is. We got bandwidth up the ass. So, I'll never see the other guy. There's no yeah, reason when, for me ever to see anything I don't like at all. When Billy Joe Armstrong tweets out after the VMAs, hey, MTV, where's all the rock? I'm just like, dude, you're the one who killed it. You tell us. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and those guys, I mean, talk about, I mean, talk about the top. They've got the, they've got the most to lose than everyone. And you could see the mainstream pop artists and those hip-hop guys and all those guys are like walking around with tons of money hanging out of their ass. Those guys are getting scared now. Yeah. Even those guys are getting scared and they're fighting amongst each other which is really funny. 
You know? yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, good, because guess what? You guys are headed there, too, and there's no amount of promotion that's going to keep you on top because the whole world is just busy eating everything. Everything is the next big thing, and nothing is the next big thing. Well, and it's so crazy to think, uh, well, because you, you mentioned like back in the 50s and the way that it was before, and it, uh, and, and it's, it's kind of gone back to that single mentality that it, that it used to have in the 50s and 60s, yeah. where mm-hmm. if you didn't have that one song, and it didn't matter, you sold the 45 and you sold that one song, and that yeah. was it. And now it's sort of the same way. Where it, where the content where you where you would immerse yourself in Led Zeppelin four or you would listen to Sabbath Sabbath and just kind of wrap it around you like a warm blanket, you just don't do that shit anymore with the with, with an album. No, not not the mainstream doesn't do it. I mean, it, it's amazing to think there was, there was ever a time where there were millions and millions and millions of people doing that. You know, it seems mm-hmm. absurd to me now, but it actually did exist. Maybe it exists somewhere out there, but it's just no way we're going to know. It's a smaller scale. I mean, if yeah, nothing else, because I, I, I think it still exists with uh, with different genres of music, especially metal. Because I think metal people, you know, and rock people immerse themselves in stuff. But yes, they do, and they're very they're very loyal. And, they, and like, if, if anybody's going to like, uh, you know, carry the flame forward, it's going to be guys like that. Yeah, at least I hope so. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, they do. They will, and it's like you know, they they. Physical um, uh, contact. Uh, live music is very important to metal people and hard rock people. Uh, of that, but that, that, and that's a huge part of it. Art is important to them. Covers are yeah. important to them. I mean, with most modern kids today, and I, you know, I see kids all the time. Modern kids today with singles and stuff that are into the pop thing, and man, these are guys too. If you can believe it, like, can you imagine being a guy and like, hey, I like Justin Bieber, you know? I can be like hung by your, I would be hung by my ankles. Um, but there are, you know, yeah. And they're also into electronic, you know, uh, electronic dance music, which is total horseshit um, for the most part, you know. Um, for the most part. For the most part, I mean, you know, there was a couple pioneers, and then they just the pioneers went away, and yeah. every fucking douchebag with a laptop came in and go, "Look, I'm Mozart," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, you know, everybody wants a t- an easy way, a ticket, an easy way to do it. Um, I forget what my point was, where I went off on this rant, but the uh, what the hell was I talking about? Uh-huh. Anyway, the modern kids and I can't blame them they look at images a lot faster than we did and they don't want a lot of it they just want enough to tickle their imagination and they want it in a format where they can like give it to their friends and put it in a column with the rest of their favorite shit boom look this is what I like this is my favorite jam this is my favorite movie this is my favorite director write down here it is all you take it up uh, it's not the same as the old days where you had to bring the kid over to your house and show him your whole room, you know, right. and here's my favorite record, and here's my favorite poster. But you had the poster on the wall with the guy yeah, yeah. that sang the song that you're playing on the record player and the thing uh, and all, like, all that stuff, it's all together, you know? I know, I sound like such an old freak, uh, but, but, but <laughs> the, in that way, the whole personal thing, the, the amount of time it took to psych somebody up for records, the word-of-mouth thing, the poster in the room, all added an air of importance, mystery, and grandeur to it. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of grandeur. That is kind of taken away in fast, fast movements. Like, here's my favorite stuff. So it's not as much of attention, so 
I think it'll go back. I mean, I think somebody will finally learn how to, you know, get over the novelty of the Internet, which is the novelty of the Internet is, look, I can have everything. Yeah, starting to wear thin um, already, yeah. And, but, but because the answer, I mean, the, the, the thing you say next to it, boy, I can have everything. The question is, well, why would you, why would you want everything? Yeah. Well, I think that now more more people are all about getting exactly what it is that they want. Or they think they want. True. Yeah, Rather true. It's, what they, yeah, it's like what they want. What they, is, is it what they want in the short term? Yes. Is it what they want in the long term? You'll never know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know, we, in these we, cases, they're, they're not going to stretch the boundaries. I mean, nobody's trying to make them come out of their comfort zone at all. I mean, there's very – nobody – advertisers record companies they're not into stretching the boundaries of anything there's no nobody gives them credit for it i mean people talk in lip service like yes genre breaking and cutting edge but i mean those words those terms are so outdated now there's nothing genre breaking cutting edge i mean that, that's like the the biggest bunch of bullshit i've ever heard i haven't seen one thing <laughs> that's genre breaking or you know like nothing you're you're still putting out you're putting out records every what like like three like years every or so every three years yeah so and I, last and last bunch of years I put out a record for like uh, one record each year for three years in a row yeah with right. the uh, with the milking the stars and the cobras yeah. and fire doesn't seem like you're discouraged by this it's, it, it seems like it's motivating you in a way to get to put this stuff out uh, yeah well plus you know I, I you get to that age where you get um. I got to a certain age where I just felt like I, I should start working a lot because, like, what happens if it goes away? Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like this crazy, yeah. like, old man thing. So I'm like, you know, I'm 58 years old. And while I don't feel like I'm 58, I do get reminded of that. And I'm just like, I'm going to do stuff. And if if I pay too much attention to, to what the state of the industry is, which I do a lot because I just think it's modern age is fascinating on every level. The one part I don't like is what's going on with, for the most part, is going on with music just because I don't know it, but that's just because I'm old. But if I pay attention to that too hard, it'll discourage me from doing anything. So I just kind of go with my instincts, which is, hey, man, you're getting older. You, got, you feel a need to get more stuff down for some reason. Um, just go with that. Is that a creative thing, or does the creative creativity come out of the drive? Yeah. It's a circle, and um, and also there's life experience. It depends on what, I think what happened in your what's going on in your life. You know, so people create to tell stories about what's going on in their life, whatever it happens. Um, um, I don't know. You know, creativity is really, really a cool thing. Very, 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 very cool, and very. Um, I'm like so happy that i can be creative you know i just feel like I, I just like got lucky and picked up so like some magic creative stone somewhere oh good you could do this um and it doesn't even matter it matters less and less if, if a lot of other people like it i think it's just a way to occupy your time so you don't go crazy <laughs> analyzing the whole world you know it's like sharing stuff i guess you know, you talk about something that's not very, you know, that you're not uh, seeing anybody doing anything innovative. And yet here you've got these re I don't reimagining isn't even like 
I don't even, there's no word for what you've done with these albums. No, you know well, I mean? I mean, there are words, I mean, that people use like bullshit and rehash. <laughs> <laughs> Until they hear words. it. But not, but what I'm doing is like, I am proud to say what I'm doing is, is not, it's not a rehash at all. It truly right. is a reimagining. And then um, it's fun to do and it keeps me, you know, you can't write all the time. I spend a lot of time touring because touring is what you're supposed to do when you're in a band. It's fun. You know, physical experience with people, interaction, live rock music with an actual crowd. What a concept, you know? Um, mm -hmm. That kind of keeps me alive. I can't write all the time in those situations, but there's no reason I can't do musical things that are interesting and put them out at the same time. And uh, that's one of the joys of the modern age is that I can do this stuff, you know, kind of inexpensively and do it in proximity to my home or wherever I flop when the tour is over or in between the tours you have to flop down and in the old days I would flop and just lay there and just go again I'm beat <laughs> there's nothing to do the studio's a million miles away but now I can flop and then four days go oh, alright how long do we got till the next tour uh, a month alright well three weeks of that I'm just gonna try something like a reimagining that's awesome that's, uh, that's really cool and, man and yeah, well, so the next question would be, like, is there a difference in your creative process besides the studio and all this sort of thing, but just the way you per, uh, uh, you're driven to work between the early 90s when, you know, just every album is selling more than the last, the audiences are getting bigger, you're getting more established, and versus now where it's, it's is, is the drive the same? It's a better, uh, it's a better, just a healthier drive. Um, it, it kind of goes on a roller coaster. You start, at least with me, I started in a band not expecting anything, any kind of critical success. I had already been in a punk band that had gone away. So I had nothing to lose. I was just doing it as a, as a hobby. I was working in a comic book store, you know, and just like, ah, ha, ha, and I got a four track and it was just all fun and games. Like, look, I love this. Make this happen. I didn't give a shit if it was 10 minutes long or two minutes long. And it was great, and people actually paid attention to it, I think, because it was that way. When I went into the major, slowly, inexorably, went towards the, oh, my God, what am I going to do next? Because now we're selling records. Yeah. It, was, it was, you know, the best thing that could have happened to the band, which is success, was the thing that like, actually caught in my throat the most. Mm. And, you know, I kind of choked. You know, I definitely choked. How do you and mean? when I got over that, it's it's all been smooth sailing because it's like, guess what? I I really can't. You know, I can't. Yeah. I don't know how to sell out. If I did, I'd be doing it. You know, I'm sure right. I would have. I'm enough of a pussy that I would say, I'm going to take the million dollars and sound like a big stupid band. But I couldn't do it. It had to be weird. It had to be something odd or different or whatever and not necessarily better than everything else i never thought we were better but i just was hell-bent to make it sound like well if you listen to it you'll go oh that's monster magnet you know that's the sound yeah. and 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 since then since they gave all that up you know after power trip and i kind of went off into indie land um and the digi thing happened i've been actually just caring less and less about the end result and more about the process of doing it and how interesting it can be and uh, not, you know, taking more chances. It's a lot more fun. I love that. Yeah. I love that. The I idea, can't the process that, over the result. That's so great. Well, I, I would imagine like that's, 
what should be being done by a lot of bands that are in my spot that have been around forever. You know, I mean, we've been around for 25 years, and we can mix it up pretty good as far as style and still sound like Monster Magnet. I'm surprised that there aren't other bunch of bands, old farts like ourselves, that have just, why didn't they just throw caution to the wind and go, fuck it, you know? I'm going to make a country and western album. I mean, it, <laughs> who cares? Right. It would be nice to see a bunch of seasoned musicians just completely go, fuck it. You know, you know, what are we going to do? It's like the Rolling Stones or something. It's like, really? You guys are going to come out with like four songs that sound exactly because you want to be what? On the radio? It's like, well, it doesn't matter anymore. Nothing matters. So we'll just go crazy. Did the does does all of the art that you've been able to create in, in the last 15 years, is all of it the result of this, you know, sort of thanks to the success of that album and of Space Lord in particular in, in some regard? If that hadn't happened, would this, could the rest of your career have happened? Oh, uh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's a really good question. And, and that's like, you know, I guess I'll never know. But I tell you one thing, having a big album is better than not having a big album. <laughs> you know, no. no matter what anybody says, no matter what arty person goes, oh, that success was the worst thing that ever happened to me. It was not the worst thing that ever happened to us at all. I got a lot of miles out of that thing, and I'm still proud of it. You know, I'm, I'm proud of the record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean I'm going to do the same record every time out, but every, no, you'll reimagine it. <laughs> every time we do Space Lord on stage, I'm like, thank God we got a song yeah. that we can go to that at least, you know, a certain percentage of, of the audience is going to know if we're in a new spot, in a new place in the world. That's pretty badass. Yeah, there I was mean, another band that, that, that I, we used to spin in the record store. Like It, it was like you guys and, and these guys, and they never had that song. They were, they were a band called Catherine Wheel, and they had this Oh, lyric. I remember Catherine I Wheel. Like, yeah, they were good. Yeah, yeah, they had this great lyric. It was, all, it, it's, uh, it was something like, uh, all the things... A popular song can bring a permanent picture of hope is what I fear the most. I think I know that verbatim. Jesus Christ, I'm terrible with lyrics. But uh, and, and so th I was thinking of that, like in you know, as you're talking, sort of like that permanent picture of hope, that idea, like oh my God, maybe we could get that to happen again. Is that ever in the back of your mind? Do you ever fear having that in your mind? Oh yeah, no, it's not a fear at all. It's like, but I mean, I don't believe it. You know, I never believed it. I, I always thought. I was the other way, you know. Um, I was like, I couldn't believe it became a hit. And uh, I thought of a million reasons why it became a hit that didn't have anything to do with the quality of the song or my writing of it. It was like, well, okay, we've been on a major label for three records, and we've finally earned enough like clout within the record company for them to, like, what, maybe pay off people? Or we've been around long enough for people to accept <laughs> us. We did the road, whatever. It was never about... You know, like, oh, I wrote a hit single. You know, I didn't think I could. Um, and when I did try, I actually did. I, you know, I remember writing Negasonic going, oh, here's a single, you know. Um, and stuff, it always came out bad. So it's, I was operated the other way. You know, the bigger it got, I appreciated the whole thing. One side of me appreciated, but the other side, like, made me sweat. Like, oh, man, if this is standard, I'm going to have to, you know. I was like, now i got to write a fucking... <laughs> I mean, like, what's going to happen if I don't come up with these songs? Like, I got to have a plan B. And uh, of course, my plan B was just to follow, you know, to follow my my musical muse 
and do what everything anything people would tell you. You know, it's like, don't worry about the single. <laughs> don't worry, it's cool. You're musically cool. You can do this. You can do that. But once you're in that land of hit singles, it's kind of hard to look the other way. I'm glad I did, though. I mean, I learned to do it. I learned to look the other way, uh, just to be as still in love with the process as I ever was. And it was probably the best thing to happen to me um, for the rest of my life, because it's hard. That's a hard life that people have. I, mean, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, I want to be a fucking millionaire rock star. But, you know, those Metallica guys, they get a lot of money and stuff. But there's a whole different thing that goes on to keep it just staying on top. It's a lot of work. Well, Dave, dude, it's been great talking to you, man. Cobras and Fire is the new one, uh, the Mastermind Redux. Uh, October 9th, I think, is when it hits stores. Hell yeah. So, dude, yeah, can't wait for everybody else to hear it, man. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a great reimagining. It's awesome. It's fuzz punk, dude. It's got a lot of sitar and fuzz guitar on it, so you should go out there and buy it. Awesome. It actually sounds better on CD, so you have to buy the physical product. Yeah, the Plus, da- the if you download, buy the physical yeah. product, money comes out of it. <laughs> it's true. There's a $50 bill in, in, in every third copy. <laughs> You'll have to go out there and buy a couple. <laughs> Thanks a lot, you guys.
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. Yeah.
new Motorhead on the Metal Sucks podcast from the new Bad Magic CD. Uh, we had to put some in there, man, for Lemmy. This week has been a rough one for him, to say the least, man. Here in Austin, Texas, uh, on Tuesday, I was at that show. Uh, you probably saw the video of it on Metal Sucks uh, earlier that I had passed along to, to Vince and Axel about that. It was um, it was a strange, strange, strange evening, to say the least. Well, so Lemmy was having health issues in the thin air. Uh, yeah, and this is all in the wake of the diabetes and uh, what was the other thing he got diagnosed with a couple of years ago? Yeah, right? I don't remember. Uh, but it's something, yeah, nasty and uh, uh, yeah. So you know, everybody's been kind of like you know sitting, you know, calling him in the morning just to make everything, make sure everything's groovy uh, since. But yeah, he goes out in the thin air of uh, uh, I think it was Denver and somewhere well, else. It was and- Salt Lake City. <clears throat> that he Salt Lake City, I, I think right. it was Salt Lake City that he played four songs and then had to go off stage. Uh, canceled Denver the next night, and the next dates were in Texas. Uh, Austin was the next date, and uh, that's where he came here. And apparently, you know, he played two songs. Uh, it, it, most people probably watched the video of the throughput. And came out, at, or after that second song, you know, he said that he was still, or before he started the third song, he was talking about how he was still sort of suffering from that altitude sickness beforehand. And, you know, he got a few bars in and that bass just dropped out and that was it. He can't do it. You know, when I when we heard him go, oh, I can't do it. It was like, oh, fuck, dude. Don't <sighs> you think it would have been better? I mean, I know that like Lemmy probably isn't like, you know, going to dinner at Four Seasons before the tour starts, you know, with all the guys, you know, but. You would think at some point somebody would go, you know, Lemmy, why, why don't why don't we wait on this? Or or better yet, why don't we just do one show? We'll do it uh, like an online pay per view, and you know, and and that'll be it for a little while. Let's just rest up. You know what I mean? I don't know, but man. The thing is, I don't know. Lemmy's been resting up for about two years now. Maybe like we're past the resting period. Maybe we're in the you know the dude just doesn't want to stop, even though he knows he has to. And if he does any more resting, it's just he 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 won't get up again. Well, and th- you know that's that thing that you hear about people that retire, right? You know, as soon yeah. as they retire and they've got nothing to focus on and nothing to do, that's when they just start to wither and and fall apart right and i i'm sure they're you know the guy's a fucking monster i mean he's a fucking monster dude he's been so this is what like this 22nd album i mean and granted it's a 40-year career but shit dude that's fucking crazy i mean and the amount of touring that the guy's done the amount of fucking partying that i mean the guy's a fucking monster so i mean you know i i can't imagine what it would be like to stop you know, and yeah. what it be, would be like in your head to say, I can't do it anymore. And how hard that would be for somebody to st- to realize that you're mortal in that respect, you know, and and just to, to have your mind together and just have everything else fucking fail you. That's that's awful. And that's terrible. And I and and I, I feel for him. I, you know, I can't I don't I don't want to say that I feel sorry for him because, I mean, the guy's a bad motherfucker, dude. He just is. He's just a he's just a badass dude. And, and he's had an amazing career. Amazing career. Amazing. Yeah. And, and I mean, he and, got a documentary made about him, you know. And Kim wrote that article about him and and, and actually put a really good a really good spin to it. It's, and and was the, that on noisy? Yeah, and it was okay. You know, it's 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 hard for us to kind of come to terms with it. And and it's you think that, but it's at the same time, it's like, can you imagine trying to be him and come to terms with what's going on right now? You know, being that being being Lemmy and and tra- trying to go, I can't fucking play. You know, that's yeah. that's that's got to that's got to sting, man. I mean, that's really got to sting. And the thing is, is that, you know, he doesn't have to. 
He doesn't fucking have to. And I don't know if enough people are saying that he doesn't have to. You know, I wonder if the people that are around him are tell, are telling him that he doesn't have to. You know, he doesn't I, owe that. I to, would think he, so. Yeah. He, he doesn't owe it to anybody. He really doesn't owe it to anybody. He's done enough for for music, for people, his fans, for everybody that's out there. He doesn't owe anybody a fucking thing. And but do you really think that Lemmy gives a shit what anybody else thinks? <laughs> well, he did, doesn't. No, I know. I know. So I know. And, and the people closest to him, the ones who actually would be able to sit down and say, Lemmy, I think you need to stop, are the ones who know better than anybody. There's just no point to do so. Right. But, you know, you get in that circle in that bubble and, and you kind of go, well, Lem's going to do what Lem's going to do. I was like, but maybe, you know, that's that is a time for that kind of intervention. And go look, dude. It's like, you know, we're we're willing to help you do this, but but we might we might need to, if you want to keep recording and keep playing and stuff, but we might not be able to do the tours like we used to. You know, the motorboat thing that might be just the right speed. You know, where you go and you play well, a couple yeah, of shows and you're kicking back on a fucking deck and having having a party with some hot chicks and stuff. You know, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, but you better have like a medical copter on the top of that freaking. <laughs> you know. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, bur- come on. Burial at sea. I mean. Now, the, 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 the thing is, I, I mean, okay, so... Yeah, the boat goes with 1,792 passengers and <laughs> oh, comes back with 1,791. Stop it. No, stop it. Stop it. I don't even want to fucking think about that. So, the, but the experience of that for, for me was, and for a lot of people was, was, really, was really heartbreaking. Like the, and that's what's, that's what's really tough is because I know how dedicated Lemmy is to his fans. Uh, and the thing about it is... is there were a lot of I've never seen so many beards and jean jackets fucking crying in one place ever. Like, like it was people were visibly shaken by what they saw on Tuesday. And it was really and, I, and myself included because it was really tragic. You know, having seen my my hero of Dio go the way that he went and how quickly that was was one thing because that that happened so fast. Right. And it was it was like click and and it just seemed like a blink of the eye and he was gone but this is playing itself out a lot longer and for so many people he means so much and it's so hard to 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 witness it really is like to hear his voice that way and hear him struggle and watch this thing go down it's it's it hurts and it's so hard for people and it was really it was visible you could feel it I mean, because as soon as he went off the stage, like normally when a show goes off, they shuffle everybody out the door, right? You get the fuck out, put your beers away, throw it out, get the fuck out. They they yeah. didn't do any of that. They basically brought up the lights and everybody hung out and everybody stayed and just sort of talked. And, you know, you could see people tearing up. You could see, you know, people talking this thing out, trying to figure it out in their head. Because, you know, if you listen to the video, everybody at that venue was really, really respectful of what was going on, right? They they know that Lemmy's sick. They know that this stuff is good. That they know exactly what's going on with him. So everybody was very respectful about what was going on, and they're just they're sad. And it, and I don't think that that is how Lemmy are, would want to be remembered. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's a, I don't want that to be. I you know. But that but the thing is is that but it it's a it's a catch twenty two. It is how he wants to go out. Uh, well, so, so no, no, no. See, and to me, great. You want to go out that way, dude. I've seen people go out that way. We saw Mike Scacia, dude. You know that dude was a bad motherfucker. And and watching him, 
watching him have a heart attack on stage was was so unbelievably it was so heartbreaking like it was unbelievable and i can't imagine what that would do to so many people to see that happen to somebody like Lemmy. i just can't i I really can't and you're seeing it in slow motion and that's what i'm saying is that like that's what's hard that's what hurts that's what's dude all i want to do is get the guy a fucking big ass bottle of viagra put him in a room with 20 fucking groupies and have him go out with a fucking diamond hard hard on and fuck his way out of this world and that's how Lemmy should fucking die that's how it should be done because dude I, i mean it, it i get to die with your boots on i totally understand i get it i but it's just so hard it's you know it's i don't know and and it's, you, you it wanna, feels you self, go it's selfish no. right you know it's selfish as a fan but well, the thing is uh, nobody thinks about this all the way through because ever you know there's there's always been this myth about lemmy being indestructible exactly and everybody buys into the myth because for themselves they want to believe that well if lemmy can do it i can do too i can live forever i can smoke i can drink i can do anything i want and i don't have to exercise i don't have to think about my health in any way shape or form and if lemmy and keith richards are still alive <laughs> then maybe i can be too and 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 that's an easy myth to to subscribe to it's easy uh, for lemmy himself i think that you know he buys into the myth a certain point too but you know when you say oh, I'm, that's how i want to go out i want to go out on stage you picture going out like dime did you know you picture going out being you know spontaneously combusting you don't picture going out like grandma yeah you know i know i know i know i know exactly right and and that was you know when when mike when mike had his heart attack that was that was one of the things that everybody was saying is that he died doing what he loved you know and he he was he was doing what he wanted to do and what he did best and i totally understand that uh but dude it's just I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, but it's, what's the to alternative? Me it's, it, you think, I know. It's a catch-22. It's gonna a be, total catch-22. It really is. Lemmy is not going to be happy sitting in hospice. No, you know I know. I mean? No, no, I know. I know. And that then shit. We're, we're going to have fucking pictures of that, too. And, you know, then that's even worse, right? You know, so that's what I said. Uh, give him some Viagra. Let's do this right. I mean, you think <laughs> that this is it. a... Are you basically saying that this is like a Kevorkian situation? No, no, no. I, that, dude... I don't know. I have no answer for it, man. I want the guy to live fucking forever. And it has nothing to do with and it has nothing and it has nothing to do with, you know, like my own mortality or anything like that. I some of that stuff is 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 valid in that, you know, we're seeing our heroes for the first time in this fragile situation where you see Dio pass away, you see Lemmy getting older, you see Ozzy getting older, you see these guys, the original gangsters, right? that are yeah. that are that are going and th- that are f- that are starting to fade away and that i mean dude is bruce hard. dickinson got cunnilingus cancer man i mean what that, more do you how did lemmy not get that you know what i'm saying that's what i'm saying yeah, totally how the fuck is that possible uh, so you know i don't know man it's it's definitely it, it was it was a rough night it was really really rough night it, it was yeah, very I, really strange I, I believe it. And, and he didn't play Ace of Spades. No, no, did, didn't didn't play Ace of Spades. No, uh, but man, uh, yeah, it was rough, dude. It was rough, and it was really emotional. And like I said, it was really crazy to see everybody and to talk to everybody about it afterwards, and just the different sets of feelings that everybody has, and the shit that nobody wants to talk about. 
Yeah. All I gotta say, man, if I were Motorhead's record label, I would have been like, "Lemmy, we're taking you out on tour, but check this out. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get a whole bunch of musicians who are between tours and between albums that you love. They're gonna jam out Motorhead songs because God knows it will take them an afternoon to learn the whole damn catalog. <laughs> and 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 all you need to do is come out and shake hands. Yeah. Just you know, everybody yeah. come out. And and if you want to do a song, you feel well enough to do a song, you do a song. And if you don't. That's fine. You could just, it, but just you know, we'll we'll take care of you out there. No stress, no nothing. It's just going to be a nice time, and people get to say hello and let you know what you've meant to them. I think that would have been a nice way to do it. Yeah. That's what they should be doing in Dallas. You know, you, you trying to tell me that you can't find three guys in Dallas who can, you know, sing uh, for Lemmy? Yeah, um, God knows you can find a bass player. Jesus. <laughs> You know, and and just do the rest of the tour that way, you know? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. Because, I mean, that's the other thing is that he's got, you know, the 40th anniversary tour booked. He's got the motorboat coming up. He's got the European tour booked after this. So who knows what's going to happen and, and yeah, you know, if he's going to he have the, if he's, he's going to have the time to recover or not i mean who knows we're recording this you know before it airs by the time it gets to air anything could happen right he could cancel the yeah. rest of the tour or anything else so you know who knows I, I am serious i hope somebody's got his cell phone number and they're calling him like every couple of hours you know i mean it, that would be the saddest thing of all that we we know what's going on and then we find out that lemmy's been dead since wednesday you know what i mean that that would be where it gets truly sad he needs to know that people care for him and people are checking in i think i think he knows people care for him i i think yeah, if, well, if, if at least that's that's definitely true so yeah, that, i don't know if that's true i think it is dude i really do i mean that that was one of the things about that video like i was very i was i was very pleased with our crowd in austin about how respectful they were of of lemmy you know, like there was no like, well, I want my money back kind of, you know, like none of that shit. Right. Uh, and that I was very proud of our people that that um, that were understanding and just love the guy and love the band. And that and that was that was kind of awesome. It, it was it was originally i was crazy. like damn you know saxon should have gotten back up there and you know done a few more tunes or something but then thinking about it i'm like you know that i think it probably was a lot better for people to take the opportunity to just talk with each other yeah rather than have a band playing non-motorhead songs and just crowding that out i think yeah. that's what it would have sounded like no and this is so and this is another opportunity that i think that 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 is in, that is interesting that you know, we we saw this when when Dime passed. Is that there is this kind of flood of emotions that happen in the metal community, and and it's something that you don't address very often because there's not one unifying figure very often between everything. You know, Dime was a pretty unifying figure overall for the most part, uh, and and the way that he went out was obviously just completely wrong for any musician to have to, to to go through that so it brought a lot of people together and i think this is one of the you know this is one of those times when when everybody can go shit we just need to hug this thing out and and, and let, let some emotions flow a little bit so that that, that, that was kind of nice to that, see yeah that and i think everybody needs to take a moment to just we all gotta cry know. a little bit man okay well no but you know take stock Sometimes. of your own health you know take stock of where you are in life take stock and realize that you know 
what's happening to Lemmy is going to happen to each and every one of us, and except hey. for me because I'm going to have my consciousness so, uploaded to the internet. But you know, you're saying I can we, live to seventy is what you're saying. Okay, I'm kick saying. ass. All right, if I smoke and I fucking drink, I can live to seventy. I'm fucking good. All right, in that yeah, case, but, it's on. But you know, wouldn't you rather go out healthy? You know, being able to do what you want to do. Wouldn't you rather like be able to go, yep, I'm going to do these tours. And then when that's over, that's what I'm going to check out, you know, <sighs> instead of instead of going, um, I really want to do this, but I can't. My body won't let me that that the that's the part that sucks. See, mine is as long as I can put my foot on a gas pedal, I can make sure that I'm taken care of. <laughs> so, yeah, I will find a nice sharp curve and oh. Oh, no, it's all. Oh, done. that's so much easier to say than do. Nobody does that, you no, know. No, nobody does that. I know. Because then you're going, oh, I got, I got my kid. You know, the only people who do that are like the really creepy videos that you can find on Rotten.com. You know, you just, <laughs> you, you know, people who like set up the. Is that the still cam a thing? They, I don't even think that's a thing. Anymore. I don't even. I don't know. <laughs> did I just date myself? I, I think you just did. <laughs> uh, that was like the, that was like internet in 1995. <laughs> 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 was like, dude, Rotten.com. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's all you mentioned. Faces of Death next. You know, like wow, yeah, oh, totally. dude, yeah, you're drawing a quarter. Well, anyway, get better, Lemmy. Uh, all the best. I hope that I hope I hope for our sake that you're around for many, many, many years, uh, many more years. So, all right, we got to wrap this show up, dude. Uh, I'm, or I'm going to start crying. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we almost did, but hey, you I know, know we, I did, dude. The 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 other thing that I I was bringing up the other day was you know you remember the Hanneman. Uh, 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 wake or what do you want to call it? Like the event that they did for yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanneman after he passed away, and you know there, it was really well produced, but it was rushed. I really hope that a I, I would really hope that somebody's thinking out the this for Lemmy, but b it would be so much more awesome if they could do it before he passes. And because I don't know what he's thinking, and I don't know you know whether he realizes how much he's appreciated and loved i mean you know it's a different thing when you're standing on a stage and you have people you know clapping and singing you, you think oh they like my songs or they like yeah you know the, the opening band i get, I get what they, you're saying you it's, know so stop, there's all sorts stop, of excuses it, we all give it, ourselves it, you know but it, yeah he needs to you know that would stop be it, I, stop who, it, stop. who would you who, who would you have speaking stop. man who would you have give a story Cut it, cut it, cut it. All right, I don't even want to think about it. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done, I'm done. You're not going to do it. Come on, Barbara. You're not going to do it. You're not going to make me cry. I don't care how much you try. It ain't going to happen, you son of a bitch. God, let's tell you what. I see what you're trying to do here. I know exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to You're trying to bring me down, but it's not going to happen. All right, uh, I'm, let's see. I'm just, I'm just saying, being Lemmy is, 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 prob- is a complete and utter unique thing. And being Lemmy is is you know unfortunately uh, we're we're not going to get that for too much longer no matter what. And me, yeah, I know. Stop it. <laughs> it's not going to work. You're not going to make me. No. <laughs> hey, uh, the creative life, man. Uh, you want to learn? Yeah, we get into the sponsor. That's a good one. All right. Uh, want to want to learn how to record music? Check out our friends at Creative Life, man. Uh, they've got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, taught by the artists. 
uh, like between the Bear to Me Converge periphery, Dillinger Escape Plan. Head over to creativelive.com slash audio uh, for some pre-previews and to watch more videos and all the all the learning stuff that you get to learn on and stuff, man. Make sure you get over there I and I would hope that there guys. are people out there who want to be Lemmy. You know what I mean? You want Not the lifestyle, but just the, the impact on Everybody lives for decades. Yeah, that that but unfortunately it's just it's an unachievable thing. You know, this is Haley's comment, people. You know, if you caught a glimpse, right. then then good. All right. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on the socials and all that stuff. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks. Uh, you can find us every Monday at MetalSucks.net. I think this one may go up a little late because of the holiday. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, make sure that you get to MetalSucks.net. If you uh, want to leave us a suggestion for anything we need to talk about, we've got a speak pipe at the bottom of everything. Uh, there's a little thing you can click on record uh, message to us, and we'll uh, maybe use it during the show as a topic starter yeah. or something like that. Or let us know what you think about. We haven't something. played any in a while, but we've got some great ones. So yeah, thank so, you, and keep them coming. So yeah, make sure they uh, they head our way. That would be much appreciated. And until uh, next time, I'm Chuck, and I'm Godless, and this is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Well. <laughs> Dick. <laughs>